Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Right. Before we, we disbanded, I think I remember we were being called like death metal veterans or something like that, and like in, in magazines and stuff and reviews. And when you decide to quit and then all of a sudden come back six years later or what it was, then you're called legends for some reason. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah
Welcome to the Dreams of Consciousness podcast. If you'd be so kind, would you mind introducing yourself? Yes, hi, this is Peter from the Swedish death metal band Vomitory. And Peter, besides death metal, how would you describe Vomitory's music? Uh, would you say you guys belong to any particular style of death metal or any particular era? <laughs> oh, that's a, that's a hard question. Well, we, we just think that we play death metal. And then we like pick our favorite elements. It's got to be fast, brutal, and yeah, fast and brutal. We try to play slow sometimes, but we're not so good at it. <laughs> so, <laughs> but that's hard. I mean, some people call us like old school. I don't know. Some call us like brutal death metal. I, we just call ourselves death metal. I just. Yeah, just death metal. And as far as being a Swedish death metal band, do you guys feel like you you sound like anything else that's happening in Sweden? Any of the the genres that are associated with Swedish bands? Mm, no, not really. Maybe uh, just just a bit. Maybe like a, I mean, we definitely don't sound like uh, the, what people call the Stockholm sound or the Gothenburg sound because like we are <laughs> we live right in the middle between Stockholm and Gothenburg and when Urban started the band way back in 89 that's before I joined obviously I mean his his influences were like Sodom and Napalm Death and early like early thrash bands so I don't know hard question but I don't think that we sound like any other kind of Swedish death metal band, really? Thought I haven't heard every Swedish death metal band either. So, <laughs> but, I mean, I think we have more, more, a bit more, maybe leaning towards grindcore in some cases. You know, with the blast beats and the the fast stuff. And yeah, that's how I see it anyway. Okay, fair enough. You mentioned. Urban formed the band in 1989, and you joined after that. Can you tell us a little bit about the history of Vomitory and what led to you joining? Well, the band formed in 89, as I said. It was Urban and a guy named, oh, not me and names. <laughs> well, anyway, it was Urban and... Was his name Ronnie? Yeah, Ronnie. Thank you, Ronnie. Yeah. They formed a band, and I think Tobias, Urban's brother, our drummer, joined a couple of months after that. And they started out as a trio and then they got and a few members joined. Can't remember. It was a banked banked on bass and then Ulf on guitar. And then they shifted bass player to ah oh, your names. Anyway, the, the the guys that played on the first album. And then they think they released a couple of demos and the first album came out, was it in ninety-six? So I mean, even that they started in '89, the, the first album didn't arrive in like mid '90s, so the trend was kind of dead in Sweden then. <laughs> like the, the like death metal, it was leaning towards more the Gothenburg sound, maybe. I don't know. This is just me trying to explain something that I'm not really sure of. But <laughs> anyway, and then the uh, Ronnie left, and then there were a four-piece. No. Sorry. Then they released Redemption that I had Jussi on vocals and Eric joined on bass. And then Jussi left. And then when they 
continued as a four-piece up until Ulf left in 2006, and I joined. So I used to play with Urban and Tobias' younger brother in another band called Dispirited. So they that's where they knew me from. And when Ulf left, they just asked if I wanted to join because they knew I could drink beer and play guitar. So... <laughs> that's a that's about it so so before i joined i did a couple of like big tours and stuff in europe with those what's it called can't remember the tour names but like a lot of bands big bands cannibal corpse d-side dark funeral marduk are all on the same bill like big tours yeah that's about the history and then i joined and we released uh, the terrorized brutalized sodomized album was it 2007 and then nothing really happened much for various reasons. And then we released the Carnage Euphoria and we were able to go on tour with Malevolent Creation in Europe and we played festivals and stuff. And then we did our last album, Opus Mortis, and did a European tour where we headline, headlined and we had Prostitute Disfigurement and Solace of Requiem, I think they were called, an American band on that tour. And after that, we decided to call it quits. <laughs> now, why, why was that? After Opus Mortis, uh, you guys... Well, first of all, do you guys feel that you were ending the band permanently at the time? Or did you feel you just needed a break? No, that was permanently in, in our minds. I think there was a lot of reasons, actually. Like, things weren't coming along as we were hoping. Like, sure, we did festivals and tours, but like, we never really took that next step, so to say, it felt like. And then I became a father for the first time, and it was kind of hard leaving home with the, a newborn, and Urban had kids, and just kind of like it was... I don't know. It was just, it felt like a good time to, because all kinds of stuff, you know, just life in general. And it was felt like it wasn't going as we were hoping, like too, too much work, not enough fun. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I know I had a hard, I, I, me personally had a really hard time leaving home after my first child was born. Yeah, I can remember sitting on a train in Norway and just thinking, what am I doing here? And stuff like that, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, it was, I think it was a good time to to call it quits. And for us, it was permanent. And Tobias and Eric, they started Cut Up, or Cut Up, and released two good albums. So, uh, like, for me in Urban, it was like, yeah, it's over. I didn't think much about it. And then, 2017 rolled up and our former record label guy in Europe Michael Trengert he sadly passed away from I think it was uh, from cancer so his festival is called Summer Breeze they wanted to do um, like a tribute to him and they asked us to come and do a secret gig so Tobias called me up and said you want to do one one show and have some fun stay the whole weekend and drink and I said of course Sounds like fun. So we rehearsed a bit and that was it. And we had we had a real good time down in Germany. 
And I guess the thought of playing more shows <laughs> kind of seeped in. And I think it was Eric who said, well, you know, in 2019, it was 30 years since the band started. Maybe we can see if we can do maybe a few shows to celebrate it. And so we had a meeting. We sat down and talked about it. And we said, like, well, do you think anyone remembers us? Uh, how many shows can we get? Do you think we can get five, maybe ten? Nah, ten is too much. Well, we decided to, like, try it anyway. And as soon as we kind of broke the news... All kinds of offers started <laughs> coming in. So I think in 2019, we did uh, a bit over 50 shows worldwide that year. I uh, felt like I was never at home. <laughs> I mean, we did a tour of South America, did a tour of Canada, wasn't let into the U.S. <laughs> I've maybe heard of that where we got stopped at the border in Montreal because we had the wrong visas and we were supposed to play at Maryland Death Fest. Which year was this? 2019. Okay, all right. So they stopped us at the border and sent us home. So we had to <laughs> find new flights and all that and get home to Sweden. And then we did a tour of Asia. I remember I was really sick. And that was exactly when I think COVID broke out in Asia, but no one had really didn't know it. I remember I was coughing on the, the flight home from that tour. Eric thought, like, Peter's going to die soon. <laughs> sounded like I was coughing up my lungs. So, yeah. But then the plan was to, after 2019, the plan was to stop. Like, now we did this tribute thing and no more. But then uh, there was a couple of shows and offers that we we couldn't do in 2019. So, okay, we try and do them in two, 2020. And then stop. And then, well, the corona epidemic, of course, hit. And there were still some shows left to be done. And we started talking about it. And I was like, oh, well, should we try and do a new album? This is fun. And I'm like, yeah. And so here we are, new album and everything. <laughs> so no, it's not exactly like we planned this, like, very deliberately, like, we're going to stop and then we're going to come back and everyone's going to miss us and then we're going to do a new album. So things just kind of more or less happen without too much thought. Well, at least for me. <laughs> when you're saying that you weren't happy with the thing, with the way things were happening when you guys put the band to rest in 2013, were you happy with the music that, that you were writing for the last couple albums? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's not the music, it was... Uh, Management-wise, to put it mildly, first we had one manager or booking agent or whatever that person wanted to call himself that promised a lot and delivered nothing. So we just, I mean, most of 2007, we just sat around waiting for her to, to like, for, for things to happen, basically. Nothing happened. I think we booked more shows than that person did. And we booked like three shows because that person said that they were going to fix this and fix that. And, oh, I got this and I got that. And nothing, nothing happened. And then we switched to another booking agent and a bit more things happened, of course, like the tours with Malevolent Creation and our headlining tour. But then things kind of broke down again. I don't know 
if it was lack of communication or I can't really remember why. So I think mainly it was because like, well, show wise, we didn't like get any better offers like the ones we're getting now. Now we can like play bigger festivals and stuff. And so, yeah, I guess that, that, that was like the, that, that is why we felt like things weren't moving along in the right direction. Okay. I understand. You know, it, it's strange. Sometimes when a band is active, they're overlooked and after they break up or if they go on hiatus, people, people find their music. Were you finding that when you were playing shows, you had developed new fans and people who had discovered your music while you were gone? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think so. Yeah. The funny thing is when right before we, we disbanded, I think I remember we were being called like death metal veterans or something like that. And like in, in magazines and stuff and reviews. And when you decide to quit and then all of a sudden come back six years later or what it was, then you call legends for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a, well, that's a, that's a good thing, you know, going from veterans to, to legends. So, yeah, but of course people find our, I've seen comments like, Oh, I just found this, this band and now they quit. And so like, and I've seen comments on YouTube for our new video. It's like, Oh, I just found this band. This is great. And so, yeah, I think there's been uh, quite a few new fans that's come to the fold, so to speak.
So on the 26th of May, yep. Metal Blade Records will be releasing Vomitory's ninth album, which is called All Heads Are Gonna Roll. Yep. <laughs> Peter, you mentioned that when you guys reformed, it was originally just to play some shows in tribute to your friend who had passed away, as well as to ce- celebrate the 30th anniversary of the band. When you decided to, to write new material, did it feel very natural for you guys? Ooh. Well, to be honest, I haven't written a single riff on this record. So all the, all the music is written by T- Tobias and, and Eric. But I think they, well, I know that, that, well, it wasn't like easy for them, but I, I know they did a great job writing the music. So I can't really say how it was for them, but I, it seems like they had a good flow. They worked good together. I know Eric has written all the lyrics too. So he did uh, <laughs> most of the work, maybe. Don't quote me on that, but... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, but well, I had some other problems last year. Like when we had to record, I had problems with my hand. So I did manage to play like the rhythm guitars on the record and one or two guitar solos. But after that, my my left hand decided to give up. And then I went to the doctor and found out that I've developed what we call the carpal tunnel syndrome. So now I have had surgery for that. So, well, sorry, man, I forgot what was the question. <laughs> No, I'm just I'm just curious about how how some of this new material was coming together, and if you know when you guys decided to you know not just tour and, and play shows but to to record a new album together, uh, how it felt for you guys? Well, once we decided that we wanted to do a new album, the plan was to start writing, and I think I had hoped to to like write music for the album, but I didn't. I think. Well, it's hard to say, but I, I know that Eric and Tobias did uh, put in a lot of time and, and wrote really great songs. So, well, to me anyway. Yeah, I don't know. I think it was like like a year ago that we said that, do we want to do a new album? Yes. Well, then, then we need to start writing. And Eric and Tobias started writing. And yeah, and then... They just wrote the songs. <laughs> so I wasn't really involved in the songwriting this time around, unfortunately. Sure. When did you start hearing the the new material? Yeah, well, you know, nowadays people make like, you know, demos in their home studios. So they, whenever they had like riffs with uh, like drums to it and stuff, they would send it to and like, what do you think of this? And everyone was like, yeah, that sounds killer. So it wasn't long before Eric and Tobias started sharing new riffs and then parts of songs and then it's like whole songs. So yeah, it's pretty, pretty instant. No, not instant, but you know, excuse my English. <laughs> no worries. I, I understand what you mean. Yeah. It, it sounds like the album came together pretty quickly. Yeah. And I imagine under quite a lot of stress too, because we had a deadline from Metal Bay Records that it had to be all done. I think it was the beginning of December. Otherwise they couldn't 
release it now in May because they needed six months in advance. That is because the vinyl plants, you know, the one who makes the vinyl records are backed up. So they have to have at least six months to make, to order and make the, the vinyls because that's what sells today, I guess. So, yeah, it was kind of not stressful, but, you know, we, we decided to record in our own rehearsal room. Got a friend who had equipment, so he brought over the equipment and we um, mic'd up the drums and mic'd up the amps. And then we said, like, yeah, on this night, uh, Tobias is going to try and lay down the drums. And he, maybe he finished three or four songs and maybe some days it was one song and then it's, it was time for guitars and stuff like that. So it's it was not like we were in a studio working nine to five it was like weekends and weekdays on the evenings and stuff like that so the album is quite self-produced in that manner and is is this the first time that you guys have worked in this way yeah all the other records are made in you know like a proper studio do you prefer working like this do you prefer working in your own space well yes and no (laughs) i mean (laughs) a studio is a it's a nice environment for sure. Like you, and you have the help of the, or like the, the or we used to recover a guy called Rickard. Yeah, has a nice studio here in our hometown. And he kind of was like, kind of was like our producer. So, but this has its advantage. Sorry, I can't speak. <laughs> you no know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we, you can manage the time. A bit differently, like I can do it on Tuesday night and Friday night and people can plan. Yeah. So, so yes and no, it, it's, I think, and so as it is nowadays, I mean, um, I don't think that next time we'll probably do it. If we do another album, I, I guess it will be the same way because, you know, record companies and studio budgets, it's like, it's not... It's not as it used to be, like, for sure, because a proper studio costs more money, obviously. Can you tell me a little bit about your friend who engineered the album and helped you record it, Mats Lindstrom? Yeah, he's a, he's a nice guy. <laughs> no, <laughs> we, we know he used to uh, to play in a band with Erik Gustafsson, Tobias and Urban's kid brother. He used to have a hardcore band called brute and then he Mats and his friend used to have us uh, like a proper studio and the company so they like released some stuff and recorded bands around this area so he's just like a a good guy in the local scene you know that we gotten to know so yeah I think he has a, a new hardcore band now it's called something blood blood oath maybe i'll have to look it up well anyway so he's he's a a good local guy who has equipment (laughs) and knows what he's doing so (laughs) and your old producer ricard also helped out for the vocals right yeah record the vocals yeah that's what eric wanted because ricard is a is a good vocal coach he helps eric you know with the like how to maybe phrase stuff and maybe you should shorten it here or 
hold out the word here and stuff like that. So that's why he wanted to use Rickard for the vocals. And can you tell me about the the gentleman in the studio who mixed and mastered the album? Ah, Lawrence McRory. <laughs> yeah, he, that's a that's a, a good guy. Yeah, he's the you know the Swedish band Freddy Krueger's Underwear. Ever heard those? No, I don't. <laughs> but I, I remember Darkane. Yeah, well, he he sings in Darkane, and uh, he also sings in FKU, as they call them. <laughs> They're like a, a, a thrash band with the horror theme. They're really good. You should check him out. Okay. And and he's he owns a, a studio in uh, Uppsala in Sweden. And he also does, well, he produces, of course, metal music, bands, and then I think also he does like audio work for uh, movies, stuff like that. I know he, he's the Swedish voice for Kung Fu Panda. Oh, wow. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's I, t- I told my kids, like, See this guy? Like, he mixed the new Vomitor record. And I was like, okay. And it's also <laughs> Kung Fu Panda. And they're like, what? <laughs> Your kids were definitely more excited about that, huh? Yeah. That's, uh, he's, he's great. I think he did, the, he did the latest Leak record, the Swedish band. And of course, Darkane and a bunch of other stuff too. So, so he's a busy guy. And of course the 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 new Defleshed record, yeah, yeah, the Swedish band, yeah, he did that also. So, yeah, he's a great guy. I mean, besides Kung Fu Panda, why did you feel that Rory was the right guy for this album? Well, we had to get someone, and, we, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> no, but we we heard his productions, and we knew he he could get a like a really good sound. And he really wanted to work with us. I mean, before we announced that we were doing a new album, he was kind of like hinting to us, like, guys, if you ever if you ever do a new record, I want to mix it. It's like, okay. So we had that in our back in the back of our minds. So when it came up who we wanted to, to mix, where we were talking about a few guys and we said, ah, well, let's try Lawrence. So that's what we did. And I think it sounds great. Yeah. Did you know Lawrence from back in the day, from when he was in Darkhand and in touring? Did you guys cross paths? I did, and I think Tobias did as well when he was in. He had a, a trio that was called Torture Division. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I think they they did some shows with FKU, and I used to be in a band called The Law, an old thrash band, and we did some shows with FKU too. So that's where I knew Lawrence from, like early two thousands.
stylistically, would you say All Heads Are Gonna Roll continues from where Opus Mortis left off? Or do you guys or do you feel that you guys are trying new things and doing something a little bit different with this album? Well, since I didn't write any of the music, but I know we we had like I wouldn't say goals, but we said that we wanted to maybe this time around try and make the choruses a little bit more accessible. Maybe not the right word, but you know, like maybe like the more memorable, right? Yeah, memorable. Thank you. Like they could like scream along to the to the to the title in the chorus, like all heads are gonna roll or and stuff like that. Like and maybe not trying to make I don't think we made complicated music before, but maybe a, a little more more straightforward this time, at least the choruses, and maybe add a, f- a bit more. I wouldn't say melody, but like guitar melodies, and just trying to evolve a little bit. Anyways, like not not all blast beats all the time. <laughs> Do you think some of this? came from playing live and seeing what kind of songs and what kind of parts worked better live and, and the audience responded to more? No, I think it was just more our own, our own, what's it called? Not expectations, but that's just something we had thought about, like to try, because maybe we felt like some of the the last albums wasn't really like, that straightforward some elements just you know things you think about and you want to try it's not we don't really overthink stuff i mean like maybe i said that before we try to play slow because <laughs> we get tired but we we have a hard time playing slow i know we just then uh, like in our we're trying to rehearse and we tell oh let's try a slow song and it's like uh it's hard to play so it's just i don't know I guess we're meant to play fast. So, I mean, there was no like grand or plan or or writing for this album. We just tried to write good songs and like I said, try and evolve a little bit, incorporate a few new ideas that didn't sound too out of character. Maybe that's... Anyway, yeah. What's your favorite song on the album? Ooh... Right now, I think it Ode to the Meat Saw. Yeah. But it probably changed, but right now it's Ode to the Meat Saw. <laughs> <laughs> that one's very anthemic. Like it has a kind of a classic thrash feeling to it. Yeah. Exactly. So by the time people hear this podcast, the album will be out. What are your plans for the future? Well, well summer's coming. So it's going to be festivals for sure. Not crazy this summer. I think we're doing, we have a release party in our hometown, June 2nd. And then we're off to, I think it's, it's Europe somewhere. (laughs) 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 Well, we're doing two, two festivals the weekend. I think it's around the, the June 25th. I think it's Czech Republic and maybe it's Belgium can't really remember now but i I think so and then we have a couple of weeks off and then we're off to to the netherlands we're gonna do well anyway it's a festival down there 
strange. I keep forgetting everything. <laughs> and then there's a few more festivals at the end, <laughs> at the at the end of summer. And then hopefully we'll do a European tour in the in, in the fall. I think around October, November. But I don't have any details yet on that. But hopefully we'll do a big European tour then. And then next year, we hopefully we'll do some more touring and more festivals. And and then we'll see. Maybe it's time to start writing more music if we feel like we're up to it. What would sway your your decision one way or another? Well, uh, a few things. Economics, for sure. <laughs> I mean, we all have families and we're not, we're not a full-time band. We still have jobs, regular jobs that we need to... To do and yeah, and it's, I mean, we're not getting younger <laughs> for sure. And it's like, well, time and money, and if it's fun, and yeah, but I, as it is now, it's really fun. So I don't see that we would, we would continue, but you know, things can happen like whatever. But I think in our minds, I think we're gonna keep going for as long as we were able and willing. I mean, you guys, you guys called it quits once before, and you celebrated your 30th anniversary yeah. with this new recording and, and the new fans that you guys are are gaining. What do you think? What do you think the legacy of the band will be now? Wow, hard question. <laughs> Hopefully, the, the legacy mean, will other other than legends. <laughs> yeah. No, that that we did it the way we wanted to do it like the music, like no compromises. I mean, we sound like Vomitor because this is what we want to sound like. We don't try to sound like what's what's trendy or what's selling. I mean, and if that means not being able to, to, to live on making music, then we just do it for fun on the weekends and the occasional tour. So, I mean, yeah. Hope that's the legacy. Like, if you if you get what I mean. Yeah, absolutely. So, by the time people hear this podcast, all heads are going to roll. Will be out through Metal Blade Records. Peter, how can people get the album? Well, they can get it at Metal Blade's web store, or they can get it at our web store. And you can find that at our through our social medias and our website yeah so just search for vomitory merch and i guess you'll find it vomitory.net is the best place to get news and updates about the band yeah that's what we're trying to do from now on like have a, a place where we can gather everything of course it's going to be on like social media facebook instagram but for sure vomitory.net also and you guys have a band camp page as well right Ooh, don't quote me on that. I don't <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you guys have a band camp page, yeah. Okay. And people can check out the the older albums as well. Okay, cool. <laughs> Do you want to say anything about the vinyl that Metal Blade is putting out? Ooh. Uh, yeah, I hope they look nice. I, I of course I've seen them, but I I don't know really much about them other than there's there's cool colors and hopefully they sound good. So the Zoom meeting ended and we lost Peter, but you'll be able to 
get the new Vomitory album on their Bandcamp page, which is vomitory.bandcamp.com. And if you're interested in getting any of the limited edition vinyl releases, you can find those at the Metal Blade website, which is metalblade.com slash vomitory. Thanks again to Peter for speaking to me, and thank you all for listening.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.